This week on Inside Motorsport, we speak with Rowan Harmon, one of the category managers of TCM, the Touring Car Masters Racing in Australia. I hope you can stay with us. Welcome to Inside Motorsport. I'm here with Craig Ravel, Tony Whitlock's my name, and we're joined tonight by one of the uh, founding fathers, along with uh, Tony Hunter, of TCM County, Touring Car Masters, which uh, has been a stalwart of uh, motorsport for some years. It's one of those love categories out there. Rowan, welcome to the show. Thanks, Tony, Craig. Um, what, a, what do you say, first-time caller, long-time listener? <laughs> <laughs> Good to have you on board. As as we mentioned, this popularity of TCM, and it's not just the old guys like myself um, who hark back to the day when we saw the cars, the original cars running, the, the Moffats and the Gagans and Janes and those ones, and earlier cars, but it's also been uh, well-received by the younger ones, isn't it? It's a category that the kids love because of their big, booming cars, and they look at it. Well, yeah, it's sort of based, um, a lot of people still call them muscle cars, but, but yeah, we just call it the... The strong racing sedans from from the period um, early '60s right through to the '80s, um, and that that's where Touring Car Masters fits the bill, I suppose. It's not not what you owned in the time, but, uh, what you saw racing, or what you now see in in to the retro and the interest in all of the later model. Uh, sorry, in all of the the um, muscle cars or or supercars as they used to be in their in their time, and that's where. The, the broad appeal of the of the category, I think, comes back to variety, different noises. I mean, we're not controlled by one engine. We're not controlled by one diff ratio. We're not controlled by one set of gearbox ratios. And every, because we've got such a variety of cars, it means that, you know, people have got different braking points and different cars have different ways of carrying their speed, different drivers. They're not all at the upper echelon. So it just gives you huge variety and huge colour. Um, that's not to take away from, you know, the the other categories that are out there. It's just um, found its niche and found its popularity. Now, it, it, the category when it started, which was how long ago? When did it really first kick off in the way that it does now? Well, well, TCM started in 2007, but it, it, its roots right. were back in what was known as the historic touring cars or uh, Bianti, historic touring cars, and that was... Yep whole heap of um, guys running high-end Group N cars were invited to put a package together to support some of the the then supercar rounds um, or V8 supercar rounds. And that sort of moved through 2000 up to about 2005, 2006. And the pressure was coming from the promoters that it's all good and well that you put 35 cars on the grid, but 14 are finishing. And this was down to the fact that the Group N rules um, and the cars adhering to the Group N rules were fragile. You know, you're using um, period gearbox and drum brakes and, uh, you know, old Corvette calipers on the front of Camaros that would, you know, warp and virtually disintegrate in five laps if you're driving at that level. And the discussion started with, with Tony and myself that, look, what we... We really need to make these cars more reliable. So we made uh, we made the pitch to to Cams as they were then to Peter Lawrence and said, look, we just need to um, 
you know, um, allow cars to become more reliable. The promoters aren't interested in the number of entries; they're interested in the entertainment factor. And have seen cars split, you know, scattered all over the outfield with smoking brakes and busted gearboxes. Just wasn't going to cut the mustard. So, how did you go about correcting that problem, then, Ryan? Well, we we put a Tony and I put a, a proposal together to Peter Lawrence at CAMS, as it was then, that. Um, if we could just make these cars more reliable, we've got we've got the basics of a of a retro class that the promoters wanted, and obviously the fans wanted. So uh, an example I can go to is I remember talking with Brad Tilly, running the Big Green Falcon, that he he'd be buying three five one engine blocks in batches of ten, having them sonic tested, you know, with internal rust. These blocks were now thirty years old, thirty forty years old and would possibly get one or two candidates that they could go to the next phase of possibly machining and preparing for racing. And it's these, the costs were starting to get out of hand to remain, you know, up front and putting on the show. So, right, we needed replacement engine blocks, we needed bulletproof gearboxes, we needed four-wheel disc brakes, um, and we put that to Peter Lawrence and he, um, he, he agreed and helped us draft the first set of rules. There's been the evolution then since then, since late 2010 sort of thing. Look, to be honest, since 2007, the only real changes have been uh, safety orientated. We've tried to take the glass out of the cars. We've taken flammable materials out of the cars. Um, I remember that incident at Eastern Creek where that guy in the production car, that sort of said, well, why in the hell are we still running, you know, totally flammable nylon roof linings in these cars? It just, you know, I, I remember the, the Penske Camaros in 1968. They just had a dash pad, and that, that was the only flammable material in the car. Well, it might have been door cards at, at the time, but, um, you know, we, we had this this policy out here of, oh, you got, no, you've got to keep all that stuff standard, and it's got to look like this and look like that. Well... You know, the, the, the speeds even top group N cars were doing at the time then, safety was paramount. We had to have window nets and we needed cut-off switches and we needed fuel cells and we needed all of that sort of stuff um, because the, the group N rules just wouldn't allow it. Actually, I don't think group N still even asked for window nets, which is ludicrous, but that's their own their own call. Um, so the rules to, the, to the, the fine points or the hard points haven't really changed. Probably the biggest change that got people all hot and bothered was when we allowed the Chev uh, engine block to replace the Holden. So to quickly explain that, in the Chevrolet uh, 350, you had the replacement blocks readily available. Ford 302 and 351, replacement blocks readily available. Holden 308, nothing readily available. And the cars, you know, they were busting blocks. Go back to the Brad Tilly example. You had to buy 20 if you could find them just to find a reasonable block. I remember Tony Edwards, I think, at one stage went through 12 engine blocks trying to get the, when he ran the first LH Tirana. So it was only smart. Well, people in the grandstands like seeing the cars. They're not super interested in what's under the bonnet. They might have, there might be some people that are sticklers for detail and think, oh, you know, the indicators on that model should be white, not yellow, whatever. But we had to. We were putting on a show, and people needed reliability. So that's where we allowed or, or introduced the 302 Chev block as an option for the people with the Holden 308 engine. And it's proved it. I mean, guys now running engines for two years, and and not having an ounce of trouble. And the cars were reliable. They're safe. You know that that was our target.
you certainly have had a group of very experienced drivers and names in Jim Richards and John Bauer, the two big stars you've had. But you've also seen the development of some new younger ones coming through, haven't you? Um, look, young guys like Adam Adam Garwood cut his teeth in um, in TCM. We've got uh, we've got drivers in there that like Cam Tilly is a perfect example. I mean, five, ten years ago, put Cam Tilly in a in a funded Super Two car or a supercar would have shown a lot of them which way to go. Um, there are some very talented drivers, very dedicated drivers out there. We've had the old masters. I mean, the touring car masters is about the cars. The cars are the stars. It's nice to have those legends of, of the sport come along, being, you know, initially Jim, who who uh, was introduced actually to the category by Tony Hunter when he first ran his Camaro at Bathurst all those years ago. Same with John Bow. Tony introduced him to the category. And these guys said, this is enjoyable motor racing. These are real race cars. Love the atmosphere. Love the camaraderie. Love being a fan favourite. Um, so it maintained and continued their their racing, um, and now you know. Latterly, we've had you know guys like Steve Johnson, Jared McLeod, all these guys that have come out of other categories, been champions or, or race winners in other categories, and it just fits the bill. Coming up next week on Inside Motorsport, we continue our chat with Rowan Harmon, and we find out how did TCM decide what modifications are good for the sport, and. We find out about Rowan's next phase in his motor racing career. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.